Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Prime colon Beast Hunters podcast. I'm Rob. Previously on I'm Jen. And, oh, I thought this was called Beast Force. Oh. <laughs> Wait, is Beast Force actually something? I thought it was Probably. called Breast Force. <laughs> well, that, that's what I was alluding to. I want it to be called Breast Force. <laughs> Oh, isn't wait? What's the what's that new uh, what's the new Power Rangers series called? Is that Beast Force? Beast Morphers. Beast which, Morphers. Oh shit! That that that's sitting on my DVR. I need to get back to it. I watched like the first three episodes. They were okay, hmm. and then I just kind of forgot about it and started watching um, Super Sentai, the current season, Ryu Soldier instead. <laughs> kind of fun. It, it's the most I have watched a currently airing Sentai show ever. Wow. I should actually watch this Victory DVD set I got instead of my only actual watching of Victory being, like, four episodes of the Omni-dub that uh, <laughs> were on, like, an eighth-generation VHS tape, and at the end of the last yeah. episode, it became the Wildcats cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least the video quality will be better, but the, the, the voices will not be as entertainingly bad. <laughs> Yeah. The video quality will be better. The show will not. Also, probably no Wildcats on the on the on the DVDs. Probably, probably not. not. Alas. I mean, they're heroes, not zeros. As as a brief aside on Omni Productions, I guess we're still definitely not going to get a, a US release of Macross Do You Remember Love? Oh, yeah, AKA well, Clash of the Bionoids, which is yeah, an the, um, Omni dub of Do You Remember Love? A, we should do an Iacon Underground episode because it's been a while, but we've yes. been busy. And we and can talk I've about Harmony Gold. Episodes to edit. Yes, we talk about Harmony Gold. It still has a freaking license, which is annoying me, and I yelled at the end of an episode because oh, it, it drives me mad. <laughs> but on the good news, it, it, it seemed like it's a monkey's paw this, this last few weeks. Like, oh, Harmony Gold, like, like in three years or four years, is supposed to run out with the their license. No, they got it back for another 35, which <laughs> is freaking unheard of in current day anime licensing. Yeah, who licensed this thing for 35 years? That's insane. <laughs> I know, it, it's completely confusing. I don't understand how or why. I guess they're banking on that movie actually finally happening that has the been in the planning one. stages for over a decade. Had Tobey yeah. Maguire attached for one point. <laughs> Whatever. So, so that shit happened. So, like, and a Twitter was angry and depressed. It, it was an entertaining day of ranting that, like, I saw zero positive tweets about that, and I was digging. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, we we can get one of those out of the way before I start my new job, because A-plus new job. I can hopefully actually buy some toys to do toy reviews. Ooh. Yeah, m m maybe we'll do that this week, and it'll come out before this actual episode. <laughs> Viewers, listeners will find out. But, but on the flip side of it, before we actually get into this episode, the happiest news in return happened on, uh, was it the 10th or 11th? Whatever. Um, Ultraman Day, which mm -hmm. I guess is the anniversary of the day the very first episode aired. It turns out that we are getting DVDs of Ultra Q, which was like the precursor series that didn't have Ultraman, but had some Alpha Q? <laughs> Ultra Q. Kicker, kicker, our planets, kicker. Well, hello there, Sorry. Picard. 
And the original Ultraman, both of which have actually been released on DVD. But we're getting new releases of those. And every... Apparently, although... I don't know how... There's a thousand episodes of Ultraman and ten movies, which are apparently all coming out from Mill Creek on DVD. Zoinks. Was it Blu-ray on DVD or something? But, like, everything Ultraman is licensed. That, that's a lot of Ultraman. <laughs> yes, that is a great deal of Ultraman. Some might say too which, much Ultraman. That, that was another lawsuit that happened a few years ago with uh, Chayo Productions, which was a Taiwanese company that claimed to have the international rights because they had some signature on a piece of paper. Supposedly, they met Toriyama, the creator of Ultraman, and, and did the special... Or, uh, what am I... I'm getting... Tsuburaya! Subaraya, the the, the guy behind Ultraman who started the Subaraya company, which makes Ultraman, and he did the special effects for Godzilla. Some crazy idiot in another country supposedly had the rights, and finally it was overturned a few years ago that no, that your claim is bullshit in international courts, and only now we're getting all of Ultraman. So, (laughs) it's so good because we're getting all of Ultraman, um... Super Sentai is slowly coming out thanks to Shout Factory. The only thing left is Common Rider, which may be getting licensed according to some rumors and things. Ooh. So, lots of Tokusatsu be coming out. It's a golden age. <sighs> Yay! And we're not talking about Tokusatsu on this episode. People in tights. <laughs> Now, now uh, nobody in tights on this show, but a lot of people in tight situations. End of rate. Because yes. previously Good on say. Transformers Prime, uh, the Decepticons located the uh, the Autobot. Yes, Rob, you are cutting out yes? massively. Uh huh. Hello. Oh no! Did we lose David? Or is it me? I don't know. He said my name and then he uh, blipped out. I was gonna say, did we lose me? Yeah. No. I. Uh... Well, I can hear you. Hmm. But, um, Let's see, is he still in the thing? I hope his power didn't oh, what go the fuck out. Yeah, while well, it's still showing him in the episode recording. Huh. Yeah, it was like well, he was we'll about to correct me on something or tell me something was up, and then... Oh, was that um, him that's, going... Oh, okay, now he's back. Maybe. Okay. David? I know that sound. That sound is the sound of someone leaving the raid. Yeah. Hello? Oh, there you are. There's David. Okay, I... I hey. You guys were cutting out, and, and I don't know what the hell happened. What, oh, was yeah, I you, in the middle of totally a rant or something? What was going on? <laughs> oh, I was just introducing, uh, like, previously on Transformers Prime, and then you made a noise okay. and then disappeared. So oh, I wasn't sure sorry. what was going on. Anyway, uh, my yeah, voice pre- So, previously on Transformers Prime. The Decepticons found where the Autobots' base was and went Independence Day on it, yeah. uh, leaving pretty much everybody. Uh, pretty much everybody got away except Wheeljack got shot down, and Prime stayed behind to smash the uh, the ground bridge, so he was blown up with it. Yes, Prime stayed behind to sacrifice himself valiantly because is this like 
Prime's first almost death in in the series because uh, like, yes, yes, it is. Wow, that took a really long time. I mean, I guess he yeah. previously like his identity kind of died when he yeah, reverted back to being Orion Pax, but apart from yeah. that, yes. Wow. Yeah. Well then. Good job, Optimus. Good yeah. job not dying for a while. Yeah, taking it, although it, it feels like it's a negative against this Optimus Prime that it takes him this long to die. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, in anime, he got it out of the way right away. Yes. Yeah, he, he's one of the best. They took care of that right the, off the The quicker bat. you die, the better. Like, um, wait, did uh, Optimus Primal die at the end of the first series? End of course? the first season, yes. Yeah, yeah, first season. And then end of the first season of Beast Machines, too. Yeah. yeah. So he he had to he had to catch up with the whole sacrificing himself as a prime thing. So yeah. Also there's this there was a part on the previously on and I didn't write down nearly enough of it, but there's some point where he's oh like one of them is just like, Why would Megatron do this? And and Optimus starts with a because, and I was just thinking, because they hate us. <laughs> so, previously on. We get, yes. we're, I have a feeling we're gonna get a lot of previously ons this season. Yes. And also importantly, the, uh, Decepticons use the Omega Lock to zap into existence a giant metal tower, uh, right in Jasper, Nevada. Oh, that's right. He was <laughs> someone saying something about why did they do that here? It's like because they hate you. And that indeed leads us to these, this episode's title, Dark Mount Nevada. Yes. So this is something that I've had thoughts on, especially regarding the movies, but with really any Transformers fiction that proceeds past a certain point i've i've noticed that you can you only really maintain the robots in disguise thing for so long before the decepticons are just like tearing up major cities or nuking san francisco from orbit or (laughs) it's it's just there's always this like escalation of the the basic concept that never lets it stay like even the idw stuff started out as robots in disguise and managed to keep that for a good couple years and next thing you know we're on all hail megatron so this is definitely the point of escalation of the story where it goes from being the core robots in disguise concept and becomes more than meets the eye no (laughs) and just Becomes like alien space robots destroying everything. I will it's say that constant... one series did manage to maintain it throughout its entire run. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is Transformers Robots in Disguise, the second one, which we're going to be getting to in 16 episodes or so. I, I haven't seen the end of that, but after what happens in this episode, I find that highly dubious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I guess they... I mean... They're back in disguise. They're not yes. supposed to be there anymore. Yeah, it's, so, it's like, a cover story weirdness. But it's, it's like a, in Ghostbusters too, when everybody has concluded that the Ghostbusters were, were just faking it in that first movie. Yes, and ghosts uh, aren't I, actually I real after all. You got Bumblebee doing Christmas parties. Uh, 
You know, Bulkhead's hosting like a cable access TV show. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, this is definitely the the point, the inevitable point when a Transformers story goes on for long enough, where the basic premise goes out the window in the name of constantly escalating tensions and the inevitable result of having Megatron around. Yeah. Yeah, Which is really what it comes down to, is if you're going to have Megatron around, you're not going to stay in disguise for that long. He does not care about the disguise. No. Not this Megatron, anyway. It's the, the, the robust disguise thing. It's a constant teeter-totter. It's it's the will-they-won't-they of Transformers. (laughs) And invariably, (laughs) they do. Yes. I mean, what Megatron has ever cared about staying in disguise... Yeah, pretty much. Well, the IDW one did for a while. Yeah, a while. <laughs> and then he took over the entire Earth. Yeah. <laughs> G1 Megatron was just building, like, giant Decepticon symbols into the hillside <laughs> in the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> New York and... <laughs> Oh, City of Steel was terrible. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Anyway. So, yeah, so this first aired March 22nd, 2013, and it was written by frequent Prime writer Marsha Griffin, uh, who previously really? wrote uh, Regeneration, the second last episode of last season. Oh. And yeah, so, uh, so we opened, the, uh, the Decepticons are just sort of picking through the remains of the base. The Insecticons are still making terrifying angry horse noises. Yes. Yeah. Just like the first thing you hear is the Insecticons Just whinnying at each other. <laughs> yep, they're picking through, picking through the scrap at this point, looking for relics, but also ideally some Autobot corpses. Mm-hmm. So eventually they do indeed find Wheeljack, who is very much still alive. So they bring him in for a a standard torture sesh. You know, as you do. And uh, they do find Arachnid, who is still stuffed in a Pokeball. They don't let her out at well, this point, no. I think. It's not worth mentioning. Yet. They're all, yeah, we're, we're going to keep this, but we're not going to open it. Yeah, let's just put her over here. We're, we're going to save her for a special occasion. Yeah. I, I do like this intro where, like, Megatron and other Decepticons are just wandering around in the burning wreckage. Like, Megatron is raining in hell. He looks very cool, lit by these flames. Yes. Yeah. And uh, they also find the uh, the forge of Solus Prime. Yep. Yay, the hammer. But still no Prime, because Smokescreen uh, is still around, and he's using the phase shifter, which he just always has now. Uh, yep, to, that's uh, his now. It's his thing. He does say he went back to get it, but I did at yeah. the end of last season. That must have been a lot of things happening really quickly before they hopped in the portal. Well, I think he still had it from when they were on Cybertron. Yeah, he, well, I thought they I, had to toss him down during the... the he did oh, toss it the down, kids yes. Over your thingies. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah. he got it back at the end of that. And then, because they did have it in the base, but I he said that he didn't have it with him and he had to go get it, but... The point is he has it now, and he has used it to pull Prime to safety, or at least a, to a certain level of safety, because they're in a cave, 
and Prime is look, looking like Dustin Hoffman at the end of Midnight Cowboy. I I really appreciated that like Prime's battle damage basically gave him like emo eye makeup. <laughs> yes. He's got like these cracks under his eyes, and at for- first I was wondering if he just had on the crow makeup, and I just hadn't noticed before because I hadn't been paying that much attention to Optimus's face, but then later you see his face directly and there's like circuitry underneath. So that's like a bit that got, you know, broken off, but mm-hmm. it just looks like he's got emo. <laughs> Optimus Which is has a, gone full goth. Kind of a neat design that I want now want to incorporate it to an OC Decepticon or something. But yeah, there's there's a few shots where he's laying down, uh, mumbling. Like it sounds like Peter Cullen is like making the noises he makes when he just wakes up in the morning. <laughs> Grumbly sounds. Yeah. I mean, Prime was gonna have more lines here, but Peter came in here really hungover. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just saying Prime's just not doing well. We're gonna go with that. Yeah, there's a really neat shot where he's laying down and, and smokescreens talking to him and. Prime is looking through the crack in his faceplate because he's laying down. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, that, that's painfully interesting. Oof. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, he's in bad shape. He's, he's, I feel like he's in bad shape both physically and emotionally. Yeah, he's in um, a bad place right now, and I don't just mean in a cave. Yeah, and but they do a very good job of communicating that with very goth eye makeup battle damage. Mm-hmm. Sadly, even with a box of scraps, Smokescreen can't help. Nope. <laughs> it's not MacGyver. <laughs> no. Anyway, while all this is going on, the uh, Decepticons are dealing with a the U.S. military, which has finally decided to uh, to get off its butt and attack these Decepticons. The, it, the cavalry is here! Yay! It does not go well. No. It also, goes about as well as a Godzilla movie. Oh God. I meant to look it up, and I don't know how like accurate it is to anything specific, but they look a lot like uh, the the M1 Abrams tank, which uh, conveniently so. is what G2 Megatron was. I think it's an Abrams. Well, because that that was the standard tank. Probably still is the standard tank. So I, I guess is it a new Sherman are. tank? I'm sorry, that's yeah. very. <laughs> No, this isn't an episode of Girls in Panzer. I, I don't know how to this, identify tanks that way. This well. isn't an episode of American politics where people think there are new Sherman tanks. Anyway, but yeah. It's a bunch so of tanks, it, a bunch of helicopters. I mean, it is convenient that that is just basically your stock tank these days, but also it's, I'm pretty sure it's the tank that G1 or G2 Megatron was, so thumbs up. But yeah, they don't do very well. No, they they get Godzilla. Bl- well, King Ghidra blasted. Well, there's sort of there's a cannon that I, I don't think we've ever seen a fusion cannon quite work like that. It seems like it magnetizes them. Yeah, and then magnetizes them again, so they all fly apart. Yeah, it's pretty dramatic. Does sort like of they, bl- which presu- like it doesn't just vaporize or melt the tanks immediately. Oh, they're going to be fine. No, they're not flying. Those are tanks. Flying hundreds of feet in the air. They're... So he's Whoever's killed some in humans. Them is dead anyway. Yeah, he's killed a lot of humans. Yeah, I mean they mentioned some injuries later, but he is definitely. Um... There are fatalities. Oh yeah, there are yeah, definitely no fatalities here. Not fatalities. 
No. Also, Starscream is like, he is absolutely pouring everything into it at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's excitable, overjoyous, suck-up, sycophant, loyal Starscream, which is still so weird. Yes. <laughs> talking then, about the reign of Megatron. And then we, we get a look at Jasper, which is now completely trashed. Yeah, oh, it's, it's it's on so fire. Post apocalyptic. I think it's... I think this is where they filmed Silent Hill. It's okay, guys. <laughs> nobody lived there. Well, certainly nobody does now. <laughs> no, they oh, said okay. oh they evacuated in time. Yes. Well, yes, because... but also they couldn't afford any additional human models to actually populate the town and well, any they're... of the previous town scenes. <laughs> We see two guys in the helicopter, which may be just modified Fowler models or something. Basically, the the evacuation center is uh, the bully from Jack's school and that girl he liked. <laughs> yeah. And also her friend. Yes, and her friend. That's like everyone at the evacuation center. Oh, and I guess um, whatever poor people ended up housing Miko. Yeah. Oh yeah, we never uh, do meet them or get names for them, do we? And are probably wondering, so, uh, so she's just dead now, I guess, huh? We're free. Now their house I did, uh, like Fowler gives an explanation, it's like, oh, we had to evacuate the entire town because of meteors. Yes, and, and they're keeping every because of the radiation, because they're, they were radioactive meteors, I guess. Yeah, okay, you know, sh- like, maybe it's an Andromeda strain thing, and once people can go back, they're just gonna be like, oh yeah, the, uh, the space virus mutated, and everything's okay which, now. I hated like, that I, book so much. Listen, you know at the beginning of, uh, Flash Gordon, when, uh, when they, they, they fire like hot hail at the, uh, at the Earth? It's like that. Yeah. I, it's weird, because, like, they weren't, were they not, were they, ah. Were they or were they not evacuated before the giant beam came down and made a metal building you can see from the town that's like a mile high? Look, they evacuated them in windowless vans. Yes, listen, there was, uh, there's some, listen, there was some residual radiation already may have caused audio and visual humi- uh, hallucinations. <laughs> yes, exactly. Some people are reporting a giant metal tower, but obviously that's crazy. Yes, it's no already- such thing. Uh, we're just also having to divert all flights from there, and, uh, you certainly can't fly any drones over there. Yeah, don't go anywhere near it, they'll, uh, explode. <laughs> yeah. It's so uh, weird, because, because apparently Decepticons destroy the town. It's so weird that, like, they pull the, oh, the, it's thankfully it was Sunday, the buildings were unoccupied bullshit in there. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been more interesting if, like, Megatron had held the town hostage, because it's a tiny frickin' town. Yeah. Yeah. No. They evacuated. Well, which is a good thing, because it turns out there are a bunch of generals who just want to nuke the place. Yep, and Fowler's trying to talk them out of, like, destroying the entirety of Nevada from space. Yeah, uh, They're they're trying to go Cloverfield on the place. Mm Mm-hmm. In fact, he's talking to uh, General Bryce, as uh, seen on that one clip show. <laughs> oh. I remember that guy. He was Robert Forrester. Uh, okay. 
Uh, anyway. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's, he's the guy from Jackie Brown. Brown. Oh. I haven't seen Jackie Brown, so. Good movie. Uh, anyway, so, uh. I haven't seen it since it was on. Oh. So Fowler is, uh, pretty busy on the phone because he also gets a, uh, it's a, gets a call from Megatron. <laughs> Just, you know. I mean, on one hand, that's kind of silly, but on the other hand, I am absolutely 100% certain that Soundwave can pull that off, so. Yes. Well, yeah, but like at this point, it, it seems weird for Megatron to just call one guy in the government instead of like all the government or all of America or all of the planet at this point. Yeah, because we we don't see Fowler at first. We just see, you know, Megatron contacting humanity and making these yeah. proclamations. And I just assumed he would be doing it on TV because, again, I haven't seen this since it aired, but... Actually, he's just talking to Agent Fowler on the phone. <laughs> Which, is, it just reinforces, like, how small the cast of this show is. Yes. But, uh, I, I kind of like Megatron's... We don't even get a mention of a president or anything. No, and he talks about blowing up Washington, D.C. Yeah, and he's, I, he's Megatron is going into Washington D.C. and taking the Lincoln statue off of the <laughs> monument so he can sit in the chair. <laughs> I I still can't believe that actually happens in a theatrically released movie. <laughs> I love that that happens in a theatrically released movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's, uh, he's he's all you know. Well, we want what you want, uh, uh, sir. So, uh, Agent Fowler, civilization. <laughs> yes. You know, we just we just want to be. You know, we just want peace. We just want. Uh, you know, we will coexist peacefully with you. You you know, you just leave us alone. We just hated the Autobots. You guys, we don't care. You guys are fine. Won't bother you at all. Yeah, and uh, then cut back to uh, Megatron, who is chilling out in the throne room of this giant tower. And uh, he and Starsky are all, yep, that was bullshit. <laughs> yeah, which is nice, but it'd be nice if there was a, a series that had a Megatron that actually did want to do that. But that's definitely not this Megatron. No. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, not Megatron, but um, what's his name? Um, Steeljaw kind of has elements of that in... Uh... Yeah, uh, kind of. Uh, Robots in Disguise, to... who we'll get to eventually. A piece of his own to live in. Yes. Right. <laughs> no, no, he's a wolf. He he, he doesn't make cat noises. Oh, what, that's what, right. What, what is the sexy? Ow. Ow, 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 ow. Oh, ooh, ooh. You're right. We got to get yes. used to. His uh, he goes ooh, ooh. I'm thinking more like uh, ow, ooh, like uh, like the like the old Tex Avery cartoons. <laughs> yes, that's actually what I was thinking. And then, and then his tongue falls out onto the table, and his eyes bug out. Yes. Anyway, so, uh, and I, I really like the design of this kind of Decepticon throne room. It's very airy, a lot of big windows. You probably get a nice breeze in there. It's, I swear it reminds me of something, but I can't really place what other than, like, it's a very final boss room video game feel. Oh yeah, this, this is the final level. <laughs> yes. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, the only problem is, of course, those don't act, they don't actually appear to be 
windows windows in the sense that you could just lean over and fall out. Well, most of the people there can fly, except for uh, oh, this is true. knockout uh, and a couple surviving Viacon cars. <laughs> the, yes. the occasional Viacon. <laughs> uh. Also, Megatron mentions fusion cannons, plural, which seems worrisome. Well, I think there's one on, like, every corner. You sort of see, like, four yeah. of them sticking out like a compass. Well, see, that's because he he couldn't find Optimus Prime's body, so he couldn't put Optimus Prime's arm up there. <laughs> <laughs> Full thing. It's, it's and, uh, and speaking of arms, he's got his back. Yes. Oh, yeah, he does. I yeah, he found a new one. He didn't at the beginning of the episode. No, because it's I guess... not like... They just totally forgot it, but I guess he probably had a replacement around or, somewhere. Or I guess just his old one. Like, you know, knockout, glue this yeah. back on. Yes. <laughs> Screw this back on. Anyway, the, uh, we, anyway, back at the, uh, the human base, uh, this is the Unit E, um. Oh, right. Yeah, I heard about that. Aircraft hangar that we saw previously. And this is a reference to an early, like, Hasbro pan universe thing that was going to u- unify Transformers and G.I. Joe and Mask and Gem and Candyland. Oh, which man. never quite happened. There was, like... No, we kind of got something comic? akin to it in the comics. Yeah, yeah. we did eventually. It, no uh, Candyland in there, Joe, though. Transformers. No, no, no Candyland. And they made gem comics, but I don't think they were part of that larger universe. No, no. As far as as far as I recall, everything wasn't exploding and like being invaded by giant robots for the twelfth time, and also some people in flying cars that aren't robots, and <laughs> I don't know, yeah. some extremely small people. Yeah, no, we we had to, we had to cancel our concert. Um, the visionaries attacked the venue. That <laughs> could help put on a pretty good light show. We, we, I mean, yeah. they're thematically appropriate with the holograms. You know, we were warming up, and then we heard a bunch of guys yelling some poems, and there were holograms <laughs> everywhere. Long story short, um, we're uh, we're going to reschedule. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we can't do tomorrow's show because we're we're getting Inhumanoids reports. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be careful with those. Bring them and, back. Bring them back. Give them a movie, <laughs> goddammit. Anyway, so, uh, so here we also see that, uh, June Darby is, uh, working as a medic, uh, helping yes, the, uh, the evacuees. Like I said on... <laughs> so, that the bully, the girl Jack liked, and her friend. Yes. And presumably, uh, probably a bunch of those army guys. Well, yeah, a, a probably few of the a bunch army of army guys, guys who survived. Yeah, the, the guys uh, who weren't reduced who to pulp. Who would, yeah, who weren't liquefied by bouncing around inside the tank. I guess maybe a couple of guys got thrown out of their helicopters could have survived. More likely. So than was tanks. I'm surprised that scene didn't have like some GI Joe parachutes. Was it, it really established? I, I know I should probably just leave it alone and suspend my disbelief and just accept that. The cast is what it is. But, like, doesn't June work at an actual hospital? Like, where is yes. this hospital? I mean, presumably there... that hospital was also evacuated. 
Was, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, I guess she could have commuted to another town, like, half an hour away, well, but... You would think so, because, you know. like, Jasper's really tiny. I don't think it's big enough to, like, have a real hospital. <laughs> to have a proper hospital? Because, yeah, yeah, she's not, like, just a RN at a doctor's office. She's, like, a hospital nurse, and so why... Where are the other hospitals? <laughs> anyway, like I said, I know it's... Because of the limitations of CG, yes. they can't have, like, a large cast, but it, and, it amuses me. And, I mean, also, she does know Agent Fowler, and they're both in on the whole robot thing. Yes, yeah. so she would be his contact. Yes. and um, By which I mean the person in the military who she goes and harasses for more medical supplies, <laughs> and also, have you heard from my son? Yeah, and he has not, because they're maintaining yep. total radio silence. And she and her because they are they rightly assume that Soundwave will notice the moment any of them, you know, sticks their head out. And and her thought is that maybe she should just go back home to her abandoned, possibly destroyed house in a in a town that's been largely destroyed by space robots, just in case Jack comes home. Yeah, no. It, it, admittedly, that that shouldn't work, but it it did pay off in Godzilla King of the Monsters. So but this is true. Although this town is seems more wrecked. Yeah, I, I think there. Seen I it. think there's more of like, Boston left than there is of Jasper at the end of uh, that movie. Yes. Yes. Anyway, speaking of robots in disguise. The Viacons are now just reduced to looking at passing cars to see if they're the Autobots. And I guess relying solely on their paint jobs. Yes, <laughs> just scanning visual, like, literally every single vehicle they see. And yeah, like, I know that previously there have been mentions of, like, Autobot and Decepticon energy signatures, but apparently yes. the Viacons did not get the proper equipment to look for I, those I, because they're just scanning well, I, literally every vehicle. Uh, I'm just yeah. really going and going like, by no, paint job. like Energon Trail or anything. It, like it seems so weird that that just a slight inversion of paint job is enough to fool these guys. Like yeah. I guess Look, they, they needed Viacons, to redeco but... Bumblebee. They needed to sell Bumblebee some more, so they had to give him a new paint job. So here's his new paint job. I mean, I would think they would at least make some mention of it, like it's it's stealth paint that he somehow got. Like yeah. something, a, a quality of the paint also serves to mask his unique Autobot energy signatures. Yeah, which but like that would be acceptable. He's the only one that gets a repaint because his toy had a repaint. Yes, bulkhead is still green. I think Smokescreen gets one a little later. Yeah, yeah maybe. But... Anyway, so. uh so they decide, okay, well, we're just going to go to Jasper because he's with Raph and Miko and Bulkhead are in the Rockies. Uh, Miko is extremely bored because she can't even use her phone. Yeah, so like, and and this sort of made me think of, uh, so I've been catching up on all the, the Netflix Marvel stuff. In the third season of Punisher, they're just constantly destroying SIM cards. Like, at least one <laughs> burner phone is destroyed in every episode. <laughs> and I'm thinking, just like, I'm trying to remember back that far, like, did the phones actually not have GPS? So all you had to go on was just the positioning 
of the cell towers and um, and then i i remember probably. like the first season of the serial podcast and how that involved like triangulating location based on cell phone tower connection versus any kind of gps stuff because these days that's like you you don't even pull your phone out. So yeah, Bulkhead like stops and is like, Miko, put that away. And she's like, I'm just playing a game that I've already downloaded because I'm bored. And that just, you know, made me think like, these days, that phone would be gone. That phone would be miles and miles away. You do not have... Yeah, but... Look, I, I just got a job in a fairly secure government contractor facility and we are not allowed to take our phones into the building. No. So, this oh. is like... Well, uh, so, wait. So you have to leave them in the, your car, which, like, you're still yes. tra- I, whatever. Anyway. Uh, I mean, yeah, your location, yes, but because but... phones have all this software on them now that are just constantly tracking stuff and listening to you. And your Pokemon and Instagram is and Well, yeah, it's like... Yeah, Instagram is giving you ads based on some conversation it overheard you having, which is literally a thing that happens, what? and not just me being crazy. But, okay, like... I'm glad I barely use Instagram. So, yeah, I just, it made me very nostalgic for the time when you could just, like, not make phone calls or send text messages and your phone was more or less off the grid. Yeah. It, 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 it was, what, seven years ago? That, that's, that's a possible thing. <clears throat> Although, seven years ago, also, there might have still been a payphone fucking somewhere. Why is yeah, that? Yeah, that's true. Action? Like, now you wouldn't be able to find a fucking payphone unless you're in the center of New York and even then, probably no. not. Yeah. Especially yesterday. Though, again, she's not, she's, she is smart enough to know not to use her phone as a phone. Here's the thing that you just said that Miko is smart enough not to use her phone. We'll come back to that. (laughs) Yeah. Rewind a second. Raph. Like, it doesn't use the phone. Miko is sitting in the passenger seat of Bulkhead. They're driving in the Rockies on an abandoned road. Raph and Bumblebee were on a busy road and Raph was in the driver's seat. A, does Raph have a license? B, oh no, probably not, because he can't reach the pedals. Because C, he's sitting on like four books to make him look like a normal height driver so he can see out. Also, I would like to point out that Raph being like a super crazy elite hacker is not touching his phone. He probably took the SIM card out and destroyed it like a hundred miles because he knows better. Yeah. And yet he's using the computer and somehow getting an internet connection in the car. I guess uh, we, uh, Bumblebee is a Wi-Fi hotspot or something. Oh, oh and maybe with it's the a book. satellite uplink. He's on the dark like the web. Old... How is he staying balanced on those books in a car? In a he's chair? Yeah, but balancing. a car is moving even if Bumblebee is a careful Bumblebee's driver. Bumblebee's a very like, good you're driver. Gonna, you're going to slide he around. I, most book covers, did he take the, the slip covers off? Books are slippery. He's gonna be Bumblebee is a very good boy. Yeah. Books are ridiculous. Anyway, to yeah. uh, Jack and RC, I guess. Uh, well, actually, I guess first we went, we go back to well, we uh, we find out that Bumble- the Bulkhead and Miko are headed for like a predetermined Wreckers meeting spot. Oh right, which seems useful. Yes. So I have I have a question that should have come up before now. Is it Jackie with a Y or Jackie with an IE? I think IE. IE seems right, yeah. 
I seem to recall that I've had the closed captions on at some point, and it does have the IE. Oh. Oh, okay. That's, I guess I could have answered my question that way, but I didn't. So. (laughs) Anyway, carry on. So we cut back to the Decepticons. Um, Starscream is, once again, trying to torture Wheeljack. It's not working. He's just telling him to go screw. Mm Mm-hmm. And Megatron tells Knockout to go u- to be go be useful and go to Cybertron and see if we left any stuff back there. Just you know, stuff, stuff, icon artifacts. Because I guess they figured the one they had to pull out of Smokescreen's ass couldn't possibly have been the last one. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. And and back in the cave, uh, Optimus Prime is still dying. You know, Smokescreen wants to go and find. Uh, he explains, you know, how he got back there because once again, you know, he couldn't leave Optimus Prime behind because once again, he is pretty sure that he's the protagonist of this show. Yes. And that he has got to be the one who, um, who stops Megatron from like shooting Prime in the back. He's, uh, and then gets Megat- or gets Optimus killed, yeah, the, and, and then the, he gets the Matrix, yeah, the Matrix but not immediately. Yeah, the Matrix is going to fall into his hands, and it's going to glow really pretty, signifying something, but then he's going to give it to somebody else. But then he's going to get it in the end, because he's the best, and he's the star of the show. <laughs> yes. I love Smokescreen. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Prime is just all like, no, no, there's no hope. Just, just leave me to die. Yeah, this is like... Again, Optimus has his goth makeup on. He's, like, really unusually grim about all this. He's just, like, he, like I said, he's he's not just physically beaten to shit. He's mentally beaten to shit. Mm -hmm. So, poor guy. When Optimus says there's no hope, what the hell even are you gonna do? So uh, so we so we cut to, cut to Jack and RC. They're they're somewhere out in the Great American Wilds near a uh, near some sort of truck stop. Uh, they spot a helicopter, and even though they only know one Decepticon helicopter, who is do they definitely left inside of a pod, and who nobody in their right mind would actually let out. <laughs> she decides to check anyway. I mean, she is a horrifying murder machine. Yes, and then Jack. Oh, Jack. He says, well, maybe if I just text my mom once, they definitely won't pick this up. Yeah, he's like, well, I I can't call her, but I'm I'm sure it'll be okay if I just, like, send her one text message. Which, again, Miko was smart enough not to to try. It's amazing. Miko has matured, and Jack has gotten dumber. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe he thinks that with that whole, uh, you know, key to Vector Sigma thing, maybe he thinks he's the protagonist. Maybe. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, I'm always having these crazy adventures. I mean, clearly it's not Meek. She, Miko can't be the protagonist because she's a girl. And Raf can't be the protagonist because he's a nerd. Therefore, it must be <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> this, this sounds like an appropriate stream of logic there. I guess we can blame Smokescreen as a ba- or Smokescreen as a bad influence on Jack. Well, remember they had that one yeah. episode where they were where he was a bad influence on Jack. Yeah, that was like the whole half the point of the episode was Smokescreen uh, as a terrible influence on Jack. Uh, yeah. Stupid, stupid Jack. 
should have got killed in the next scene. Nope. Because indeed he, uh, he, he texts his mom and obviously she's happy. Uh, but then he immediately gets attacked by Viacons and laser beak. Yes. The moment he's, in fact, it, it shows like the little send animation from old flip phones of like a little envelope and a little big arrow. And, oh. and then before that's even finished, he is being attacked by Decepticon. So good job. Jim. Oh man, the, the, the timing's a little off on this, but I kind of wanted like ICQ sound effects. <laughs> oh yeah, ICQ. Just, uh, just June's phone gun going, uh oh. <laughs> anyway, so uh so he is almost murdered by Vicons. It takes uh, RC uh a ways to get back from her previous mission of murder to get back there. Yes. But once they finally her do most important mission. Uh Jack proves that he has seen Zoolander and decides to have a gas fight. <laughs> yes. Which is just seems incredibly dangerous because it would not take very much at all for that to go horribly, horribly wrong. No. All it would take is for the ground to not be quite as level as you thought it was. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, uh, the vehicons get blown up. Laserbeak gets par, gets, uh, gets, uh, rotisseried. Oh, poor little chicken. And, uh, and Jack and RC get out of there. And uh, that's the last we see them in this episode, so we don't see her yelling at Jack for being a moron. For oh, so much literally yelling. every part of what just happened. Like, like, I'm thinking at least three hours of solid yelling. Yes. <laughs> yes, probably a lot of yelling. Oh, um, I have to yell about something again, if you can actually hear me and my internet isn't getting Yes, we can. We again. can hear you. Um, back w- when the Decepticons were tracking the signals... We see a map of the United States again. Oh, that's right. Louisiana has moved to Texas again. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yep. You would think it's... I would be looking for it at this point. but I, I was because, oh, there's a map. Oh, fuck, they screwed it again. How? Because, like, at the end of that episode, it was back in the right place. But now, in another episode, it's gone. Ow. Why was it even a movable option? I do not get that. Oh, I don't right. think there was an episode where they had to go to Louisiana and like they zoomed in or anything. No. It's confusing. No, man, sadly there were no episodes of Transformers Prime where you get sort of the same voice cast doing playing the extras, but they're still doing like bad gambit accents. <laughs> <laughs> bon ami. But I, I'm a little forgiving of the animation here because I listened to the commentary and they talked about how, you know, they're the the Japanese studio Polygon was always giving them like more than they asked for, and Aww. and specifically, I guess this was around the time they had the tsunami there. What it was? Yes. Wow. Oh yeah, I guess it would have been around. Yeah. And so you know they they called them and said uh, you know no don't you know don't worry like you know we know there's a tsunami here but we'll get you everything on time and they said no it's it's okay you know if if you can't you can't but they were they were very adamant that no no we'll we'll get it to you. That's extremely Japanese. (laughs) I remember that. That's, that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. So just, it's okay. It's okay. So we cut back to, uh, back to Cybertron. Uh, Knockout is just ordering a bunch of uh, Viacons around without actually doing anything himself. I like how, okay, so Knockout is, like, talking about, he mentions that he wants to get the phase shifter again because he really liked it. I'm like, 
that thing got you stuck in a wall. And I'm like, maybe he likes being stuck in the wall. And then I think of some dirty art that I've seen involving, like, (laughs) those old things with the... That you put your head and your hands in, and I'm like, knockout, no. Um, no. Uh, stockades, no. I believe yes. is the correct term. Yes. So basically, I've, I've, my headcanon here is that knockout wants, really wants the face, but I mean, everything he says sounds vaguely <laughs> filthy, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just assuming at this point that he really wants the face shifter for kink purposes. Uh, instead, all he finds is the Apex armor, which, I mean, he could probably still find a use for that one, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm He's sure just going to tell, listen, a, a random Viacon, <laughs> put this on, and I'm just going to call you Breakdown for a while, okay? Aww. <laughs> oh, my heart. <laughs> no, 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 no. Say something racist. <laughs> listen, have you seen the show Firefly? Yeah, okay, good. Like that. <laughs> uh, poor guy. All the man wanted was a little rough trade. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Oh, knockout, please. Anyway, um. he he does indeed find something interesting in that he finds the long-lost shockwave. Starscream is so not happy oh, yeah. about this. It's just, before you see Shockwave come through the space bridge, you see Starscream being horrified at what he's seeing come through. And it's like, oh man, oh man. Yeah, it's just, oh god damn it. Also, uh, good good job with the keeping up with uh, one of Shockwave's primary characteristics being left behind on Cybertron. <laughs> left behind when, uh, to conduct <laughs> science experiments. All on his yes. Yeah, I mean, this was less of Generation 1 Shockwave and more Kevin McAllister. <laughs> yes. But, but he can't do the, the, the aftershave pose because he only has one hand. Uh, he, he tries I mean, to, to just fair. wax himself on the side of the head with his gun arm. To be yeah. fair, really that was kind of what was going on with G1 Soundwave and the, the Autobot ladies. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically yeah, he was a Home Alone yeah, the, the, situation. I mean, yeah, he was a real bad Kevin McAllister, and they were some very competent wet bandits. Well, yes. Oh, man, do you think they... Uh... Yes, there was, there was a very significant competency difference, but he was absolutely just doing Home Alone. And so I think when we first see Shockwave in More Than Meets the Eye on Cybertron and he says, you know, you'll find Cybertron as you left it, he's got both hands. And then when they get back, he's got a, he's got the one gun hand. And there's a bit at the end of Home Alone when they've caught Kevin and Joe Pesci says he's going to, like, bite his fingers off. Do you think that happened to Shockwave? <laughs> like Firestar bit his fingers off and he had to replace it with, like, a Coke bottle that shot laser beams. <laughs> No, I bet Lancer did it. She's a dangerous one. Who's finally getting a toy? What the hey, hell? Dangerous to my retinas. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we we finally get they they finally get. I can't believe that they made that shockwave model only to be used in that one flashback episode, and then they were just like, you know what? We've got another season. Let's bring him in again. Yeah. He would be a good 
person to introduce this season's big MacGuffin. Yeah, well, yes. but so, so I mean, apparently, um, nice this whole season was kind of. I mean, they they found out after the second season ended that this was going to be the last season, and I guess the original plan was it was going to heavily involve the wreckers. Mm-hmm. And apparently, at one point, Sea Spray was oh. going to make an appearance. But they already <gasps> killed him off, didn't they? Well, maybe it was going to be the thing where he maybe faked his he death survived. or something. Ooh. Good job, Sea Spray. But, um, anyway, then the beast thing came along, and they kind of scrambled to accommodate a beast, because as you will note, um, this season is called Beast Hunters. And, uh, as now we're at the end of this episode, uh, zero beasts. <laughs> Or the hunting that a, thereof. Yeah, we, we, That's, that is an accurate really weird, especially description. Like, the toy line seemed like it was planned out. It's like, oh, there's going to be a bunch of beasts. It's called Beast Hunters. And then we get nothing. We just get the return of Shockwave, the Galaxy Man. Galactic Man. <laughs> Galactic Man. Galactic Man. Shackwave. Yeah, yes. The return of Shockwave. <laughs> just a big Shackwave reference. Anyway. And, uh, yeah, he, Shockwave and, he, three churros. and because we're saving on voice actors this episode, uh, Shockwave appears, but does not have any lines. Yeah. Womp womp. And, Alas. Uh, and yeah, that is the end of Dark Mountain Nevada, the first part of what is kind of a loose four-parter. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's how they refer to it in the yeah. commentary. There was a four-parter. It's, ah. it's a lot more serialized. Yes. Oh yeah, I, sh- I should have listened to the commentary, but I I didn't plan out the time until it's like, oh, there's actually commentary mm. now. Oh, crap, I don't have enough time to yeah, watch. Yeah, a lot it. of commentaries on this DVD. Yeah, but, but there. I will have to watch those at some point. At some point, yeah, maybe we, we should watch some of them. Mm. <laughs> but like, yeah. I think like in the previous seasons, I think there might have only been like three episodes that had commentary. I think so. There were there were not many. From, not many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I assume the movie probably has commentary too. Yeah. Ooh, I'll have to fish that out of the kids' DVD bin yeah. at the grocery store. It might store. only be on the Blu-ray. Aw, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't think those kids buying it at the grocery store really cared about the commentary. Listen, I really need to know all the all the all the behind-the-scenes deets. Yes. Oh, I, I, I've never actually looked before at what Polygon Pictures has done. Uh-huh. A bunch of anime movies and TV series, most of which I have not seen anything of. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, they did the the three Netflix Godzilla movies, which... Okay. I'm a Godzilla fan, and even I can't be bothered to watch them. Mm. <laughs> two Ultraman <laughs> movies, Ghost in the Shell, Two Innocents, which I wasn't interested in watching either. Mm-hmm. A, a bunch of stuff. Well, oh, I guess they did some Clone Wars, so that's a thing. That's okay. Yeah. I should w- catch up on that. Yes. By which I mean watch more than like the second season. Oh, they have done a bunch of video games, mostly fighting games that I've played. Oh, oh and Metroid Other M. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got it. You got to get those paychecks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was early stuff, I guess. Or, oh no, they started on like Onimusha Two. Mm-hmm. I liked Onimusha Two. Anyway. So yeah, that uh, that is Dark Mountain Nevada. I think it's a you know it's a pretty good setup for where we're going. Although it doesn't introduce really, it's sort of more looking at loose ends from the previous season than introducing what will be yeah. the overarching plot of the coming season, which really kind of happens in the second episode. 
Yes. Yeah, it's just bring back Shockwave. Oh, Shockwave's back, and, and the Autobots are spread everywhere. And, and um, Jen, we haven't done an episode title talk in a while. I really like this title. I really like this title, too. Yes. This is A+. plus. It, it tells you, it, it basically, it it very well communicates the impact of exactly what is, is going on here, is that suddenly... The Decepticon base is right here on Earth, so mm-hmm. I a a plus for this title. This is one of the better ones. This is one of the best, and it references the most the most well well I guess possibly only named building in G one Cybertron. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like yes. a building. It's kind of also a city. Yeah, yeah. well, because it's but, really in fact like, we're going I to get Dark a... Man in the comic was sort of a. Really big building. It's like a fortress. Yeah. yeah. It's a fortress. And of course, we're going to get a more tangible reference to that uh, next episode. Oh, is Straxus going to show up? Not quite. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Alas. Yeah. So, uh, of course, that we will uh, come to that episode next week. But until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on uh, Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yes, uh, we are hosted by iaconunderground.net, uh, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, and this week we're talking Spider-Man. That's right. Or this month. Yes. Month, well, you know, well, periods of time. Yes. What will we discuss in August? Let us know. What, what do you want to hear, Patreon supporters? Well, we, yeah. we have to do something shorter. It's yes. We've had a lot of movies. Yeah, we have had a lot of movies. <laughs> So, uh, until next time, when, uh, when, when the Autobots are scattered, dun, dun, dun. I'm Rob. Not one of the better titles, sorry. Did we lose Rob? No, no, I'm right here. Wait. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. No, I thought we were doing the sign-off. I keep thinking I'm lost. Yeah, no, I, I, I did the sign-off. I said, I'm Rob, and then I was waiting for you guys. Oh, oh I didn't, didn't hear, hear that. Oh, sign-off, because okay. you did cut off for that. Okay. Okay. I'm Jen. And I'm David.